Chapter 1. Timing. If possible, plan your traveling for off-season. Almost everything will cost less, and attractions will be less crowded. Keep in mind that high season often has more to do with the weather that travelers are trying to escape from where they live and when families can more easily go away than with the ideal time to visit a destination. For example, high season in Hawaii is mid-December through Easter. However, that's also when Hawaii is most likely to have stormy weather. Prices in Hawaii are lower from Easter through the beginning of June and the weather during that time period tends to be just about perfect. Ditto for many of the national parks that are way too hot for hiking in the summer, but pleasant and uncrowded in spring and fall. For our first big trip, we left home on March 1st and returned at the end of May. Except for a few spots in Florida that we hit during college students' spring break or school vacation for families with kids, we encountered no crowds, no sold-out motels, not a single time, and negligible traffic at prime scenic attractions. We had no trouble whatsoever proceeding without reservations and toured famous drives and spectacular national parks with relatively few others. On the other hand, by choosing March through May for our trip, we seriously underestimated the extent to which winter weather would remain in the West during our trip. From late March through mid-May, while we were west of the Rockies, we had to stay carefully abreast of weather reports and change our plans numerous times to avoid oncoming snowstorms. As New Englanders, we certainly know how to drive through the white stuff, and when we did hit unexpected snow, we coped well with it. But it seemed smart to stay out of the way of blizzards that were dropping five feet of snow in one day, or smaller storms in very isolated or high areas. We were hoping to visit Lake Tahoe, which sits on the border of California and Nevada at the edge of the Sierra Mountains, but as we were driving there on May 2nd, an electronic sign flashed the warning, Snowing on Summit, Chains Required, and we turned back. No sense in handing the legendary Donner Pass another couple of victims. Near the end of May, we were luckier while crossing the Canadian Rockies. The temperature hovered a few degrees above freezing, giving us a soft rain to drive through instead of ice or snow. Having once visited the north rim of the Grand Canyon in January, when the roadsides were piled high with snow, I did not realize that national parks might be closed for the winter. Most of Yellowstone Park, all of Grand Teton, and nearly all of Crater Lake, among other parks, were shut down for the winter while our trip took us there. My husband rued our inability to see Old Faithful erupt on that first trip. I had seen it once as a kid, so the loss was his. If I had understood about spring snow in the West and known about the park closings, I would have changed our timing and itinerary so that we would still be going around in the off-season, but arriving at the national parks we wanted to see when they were open. To plan better than we did, check the opening and closing dates of national parks in the U.S. at www.nps.gov. Aside from ski resorts and warm weather resorts, which have their high season throughout most of the winter, 
In most areas, summer and Christmas travel will be the most expensive and crowded, with the greatest risk of crowded roads, sold-out accommodations, and high prices. I suggest you consult a guidebook or online resources about weather seasons where you're planning to go, national and regional holidays there, and the scheduling of any events you're hoping to attend. Perhaps that sounds obvious, but like me, you may discover that you have some ideas in your head about a destination or seasons that are wildly inaccurate.